Welcome to Fiery Discourse, your podcast and media featuring dragonesses, female dinosaurs, and other similar swords and scalies. I'm your host, Ludmilanon, and with me are my co-hosts, Angron, Lucky Evie, Stryker, and Jordan. Today is our 51st episode, and we're discussing the 2005 Lunatics Unleashed episode, Weathering Heights. So, <clears throat> let's get to it. Oh, man. That so, show. yeah, Warner Brothers has never really known what to do with the Looney Tunes as a whole, despite them being some of the most iconic and most beloved animated characters, even dating back to when the actual WB studio was making uh, Looney Tunes shorts. They never quite knew what to do with them. That's why they were probably so successful in the first place, because Jack Warner famously did not care about the Looney Tunes one bit. They didn't even screen the things before sending them to theaters, apparently. Probably should have been a good idea to do so, especially with shorts like the Uncensored Eleven. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, good lord. Those, unfortunately, are not as good, but at least, uh, but yeah, no, those are definitely not their finest moment. Let's do it that way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, You you want real bad, though. Try Buddy. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ouch, ouch, ouch. But yeah, uh, Looney Tunes are more modern things has been pretty much divided into two categories, one of which were either like Space Jam, which was financially successful, but not really what the Looney Tunes were about, because uh, even Chuck Jones famously threw a fit at the uh, rap party of the movie, basically uh, bad-mouthing the movie and how uh, the Looney Tunes wouldn't act like that. He apparently got so heated that he actually uh, ended ended up having to be taken off the set, believe it or not. Oh, man, um, here yeah, I think of somebody Sam had it bad in the anger department. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, of, of course, in the 2000s, this continued with stuff like uh, with uh, Baby Looney Tunes, which the less said about that, the better. Not and a bad then show. Had, uh, yeah, it was... It was uh, I, I, get, I get what they were trying to go for, but it just felt really derivative of Muppet Babies in a lot more ways than one. On, okay, yeah, to be fair... I don't think anything would really. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't seen Muppet Baby, so I can't really form that opinion. But I will say the stuff I've seen about Baby Looney Tunes, despite still, you know, having the whole Looney Tunes aspect, but kidified, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty good. It's harmless. I I don't know if it's as bad as people say, but it is definitely worth your time for the most part. Right. Yeah. And no, I could definitely see that. But yeah, uh, now we're getting to uh, Lunatics Unleashed, which basically began thanks to the huge success that uh, they were having with Teen Titans at the time. Basically, they thought, what if we combine Teen Titans with the Looney Tunes? And this show has a very fascinating production history behind it, because the original designs of the the, uh, Lunatics themselves, rather, they were very angular and fierce looking, like uh, Ace Bunny didn't even have uh, pupils at one point. And they, they did a huge marketing push with them. They did everything. Then they tested the design with the target audience. Kids were freaked out by these designs. <laughs> yeah, oh, I remember this whole story. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yes, oh, yes. Man. Kids were absolutely, like, scared scared to hell of these uh, these designs. 
There was, I think one of them said like, oh, it's an evil Bugs Bunny and that. So they had to go back to the drawing board quite literally and tone down their designs. But that was the only... Seeing those things kind of reminded me of uh, freaking stuff like Nutshot or like stuff that like the early 2000s pretty much made as like edgy or like gangsta, you know? Yeah, it definitely was trying to be that early 2000s, you know. We're hardcore Looney Tunes. These aren't your granddad's Looney Tunes. We're hardcore. Granted, it could have been worse. It wasn't that bad, all things considered, but I do understand, like, the design, for better or worse, uh, was uh, was pretty influential for the era, and to this day, honestly, kind of still is, but for Looney Tunes, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, uh, it did not work, unfortunately. Um, also, the uh, animation production time on this show was another thing that was insane because apparently they had to do an episode a week. So that mm. meant that they had to cut a lot of corners with the animation. So despite that, I will give them credit. They did the best they could. And this show, the show looks pretty good. You know, it actually does have some talented uh, you know, designs, real good voice actors, as we'll talk about in a little bit. And oh, uh, yeah. it feels like they did the best with what they were given, which wasn't yeah. much. It feels like, you know, uh, the... The obvious uh, comparison to this was another show that was on at the same time, uh, Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half century, which is phenomenal. It is a great, great show. Oh, yeah. It was I, on the ex- that show more than I, I, I grew yeah. up with that show, honestly. Yeah, and it was on the exact same time as this, and it did this whole concept a million times better, you know? It really mm. is something else. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, just... Yeah, if you want to see like a version of like the uh of like the Looney Tunes like superheroes and like a different type of setting, you really could just track down that show and watch it because the show isn't terrible, but it's not really good either. And with that being said, let's finally uh, get to the episode itself. So the episode. I will be- say, yeah, I also will say this: uh, Duck Dodgers had the better version overall of Marvin the Martian, like better voice yes, in terms yes. of voice and like in character overall. Yes, yes, and we'll talk more about that, too, in a little bit, but, yeah. The episode itself begins uh, with a news report beginning to be, uh, with a news report uh, beginning, and the human designs in this show are very reminiscent of the DC animated universe, if you notice. Mm. Like, with the uh, black, uh, you know, pupilless eyes, for the most part, it... It does work, and I guess they were trying to evoke that feeling, even though it was based on Teen Titans, and Teen Titans didn't i mean they copied it but they also did their own thing with it a little more anime-esque this oh, feels yeah. more like I mean, trying robin to be still like had those and yeah oh, no, robin yes. more or less yeah dick grayson did still have those let's, yeah yeah he did beat around the bush <laughs> yeah yeah but it's like it feels like this is trying to copy more like batman the animated series indeed yeah yes. i can see that or yeah. justice league that too that too yeah <sighs> so what happened so uh, Misty, uh, a snooty ruser, a news, Misty, uh, who is a snooty uh, weather reporter, she's basically brushing off her assistant Paula as she's trying to give uh, Misty good advice. Paula complains to the station manager about Misty's behavior, but he also brushes her off. He basically says that, oh, you look better behind the camera than in front of it. Now, Paula is voiced by Kaylee Kuko, who, who ironically enough, would later voice another DC villain because she voices Harley Quinn in the Harley Quinn show. And honestly, honestly, it works here. Yeah. Also, uh, for any of you who probably were listening to this who watched uh, 2000's Disney Channel, she also voiced uh, Brandy Harrington. I'm so sorry, what? Fun fact there. 
What? Yeah. Yeah, that was her. Well then, uh, yeah, yeah. I I don't know if that's an intent to watch the show or not, but that is very interesting. Yep. So yeah, basically though, that means she went from like a knockoff of DC to playing an actual DC Comics villain. So yep, she's really uh, mm. moving up. Good for her. Yeah. Props. Yep. So the station manager is voiced by uh, Rob Paulson, who is an absolute legend, okay. and mm. he also plays a uh, Rev, the future version of the uh, Road Runner. And again, just the fact that he's in this makes it at least a lot better because the, the guys, uh, he always gives it 110% in everything he does. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So uh, Paula gets angry, which causes a literal storm cloud to appear over Misty's head. And the fact that no one seemingly notices or cares about this, I think was an intentional joke. And if so, it's really, really funny. Hmm. Uh, basically, uh, because of this, Paula has to become an an- the anchor woman, and she reports on the storm that's approaching. She's struck by lightning while reporting on the storm, and it turns out that Misty then bursts out of her trailer and wants to know what's going on. Uh, Paula basically has gained control over the weather. She uses it to knock Misty away with a windstorm, and then she renames herself Weathervane. And it's at this point, I was watching this, and I was like, oh, so she's basically just a discount version of Livewire from the Superman animated show. More or less, except with a little bit of a better twist that we'll get to a little later. But yeah. Oh, definitely. And of course, uh, Livewire never turned into a dragoness, so point to Weather Rain in that case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, we get the opening of the show where we learn that the it takes place in the year 2772 and that a meteor hit Acmetropolis, which ended up uh, giving some of its inhabitants uh, superpowers. Now, this show has kind of a double edged sword with its main premise. Because the lunatics are not the Looney Tunes themselves. They are the long, uh, distant descendants of the Looney Tunes. So it's not Indeed. Bugs Bunny. It's Bugs Bunny's, you know, great, 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 great grandson. grandson. You know. Yeah, a great, great exactly. grandson, as uh, freaking uh, yeah, lady says later Cruz episode, would put yeah. it. <laughs> it's, just, yeah. now, it's kind of a double-edged sword because on one hand, it doesn't slay the Looney Tunes characters themselves. Yeah. And on the other hand... It, they don't really have as much personality as, like, the Looney Tunes did. Now, granted, I mean, that might be comparing apples and oranges. Well, I mean, there's two exceptions to that, but we'll get to them in a moment. Yeah, yeah, oh, we will, we will. But there are some nice touches with their power, like the fact that uh, Tech E. Coyote, Wiley Coyote's, uh, you know, just, uh, descendant, he has regeneration as a power, which is funny if you remember, like, the Wiley Coyote shorts and how he basically <laughs> got you know, beat the yeah. hell out of in every single short. That is funny. Yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty neat. Yeah. So the and also Rev, is... and also Rev Runner, who is pretty much really freaking fast, but also talks really freaking fast. Yeah, kind of like uh, a okay. blur and so, he, so he's just blur. Oh, from, yeah, from yeah. Transformers. I was gonna say he, he's blur and Transformers. Exactly. Wait, Rob uh, Paulson was blur? No, no, he wasn't blur. No, no, blur no, no, was no. voiced by uh, the no, guy that talks really no. fast and did commercials. Uh, Rev Runner, oh. one is basically blur from Transformers. Oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah, one he's, fast he's blur, fast. but he's also the Flash. He, he's a mix of blur and the Flash, and yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. exactly. So after the uh, opening credits, uh, we get to see uh, Slam, who is the future version of Taz. He uses <laughs> his strength to stop a satellite just from falling, and one touch I will say that is good is that they did not have him speak. They had him basically say like Tasmanian devil type of uh, gibberish. And that alone shows that somebody was caring about it. Yeah. And also this, and also it kind of reminds me a bit of the Taz show, which 
Oh, oh Tasmania. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun yeah, one. Tasmania. That that was a fun spinoff. If you haven't seen that, definitely I recommend checking that one out. And I think we might do an episode on that later. Who knows? Yep, oh, maybe someday. I, I that would be a lot of fun series. if we do. Yep. So uh, what ha- uh, Techie Coyote helps Ace use his heat vision to weld the satellite back on. And again, again, another little missed opportunity here is they didn't give him like a British accent or they have him say that super genius, which again, real missed opportunity right there. They could have had that one for free. Yeah. They oh, could yeah. have. <laughs> yeah. They could the have, but he's... But he's still yeah. a super genius. Yeah, basically, basically. But the voice actor for Ace, he's doing a decent Bugs Bunny impression. It's not exactly one-to-one like uh, Eric Bowser does today. It's decent enough, I guess, you know, to get the point across. Honestly, hot take here. I don't know if it is or not. But imagine if the same voice actor who did Joey Wheeler did a Bugs Bunny mm-hmm. impression. That would kind exactly. of be, that, that, that's that's be a little better. Like. Yeah, yeah. So then we get to see a danger duck who is a Daffy's descendant arrives. He knocks Slam off the roof. He complains about about missing Misty, his favorite TV personality. And having, again, as I said earlier, uh, having basically a version of Daffy Duck in it just makes me think of like Duck Dodgers. It's like, well, why could, why am I watching this? And I could be watching the real Daffy Duck on Duck Dodgers. You know, that kind of thing. I can, I can see what you mean. But one thing I yeah. will, I will but. say. Uh, his voice, uh, Danger Duck, is really like almost one to one with like uh, the original Mel Blanc. That that's one thing I will give it credit for. Whoever mm. voiced uh, Danger Duck, that is a fantastic version of like Daffy Duck's voice. You know, that is like mm. almost pitch perfect. Yeah, his character also is pretty accurate to Daffy Duck too, since oh, you yeah, know yeah. they're both kind of yeah. shits. Yeah, yeah, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit because man, he really goes all out. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, Lexi, who is the uh, future version of Lola, saves Slam from uh, falling. And Slam then basically uh, complains of danger. Of course, he does it in the Tasmanian Devil gibberish, so that's just hilarious right there. Yeah. yeah. But only Danger Duck can kind of understand his language, of yeah. Slam's language. Uh, yeah. More or less. I, I think other people can understand their language, but I'd have to double check again. Yep. So basically, uh, we get to see Misty blown away by the windstorm. She lands on the satellite dish. Danger gets hearts in his eyes, and he uh, rescues Misty. Then uh, we get a really funny gag. Like I say, the show isn't perfect, but on occasion, it can strike on a couple of good jokes. This is one of them where Danger wonders, like, who would want to hurt Misty? And Lexi basically says, anyone who's ever met her, which is a good line. Except for Daffy, apparently. Except yeah, for I mean, yeah, Danger, a, sorry, yeah. no, who apparently has a boner for her. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. In my notes, I actually ended up putting the uh, Looney Tunes names, and then I went back and I was like, but wait, no, it's not Daffy Duck, it's Danger Duck. So I had to basically <laughs> go back and change it. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, oh, as the man. lunatics uh, fly on their jetpacks, they see uh, Zadavia, their leader who's telling them about the strange weather phenomena that's taking place all over the world. And Zadavia is kind of like, I guess, uh, a Gaia from pa- from a Captain Planet type of character. Or Zordon and, from uh, yeah, Power, Zordon Rangers. From Power Rangers. Too. And it's like, she has no real connection to the Looney Tunes themselves. So it's like, I get what they were trying to do, but at the same time, it just feels from? weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I know where she comes from, more or less, but... Man, she kind of feels out of place sometimes, but not in a yes, bad way. Yes, exactly, exactly. That That is exactly right. So yeah, basically they fly to the city hall while Slam uh, 
lifts up the news van to see the news editor. The man basically ba tries babbling what happens, and Ace tries to get him to tell, speak English. We then get to see a yeah, weather vane. Uh, she's hovering in the sky with lightning surrounding her, and it's here where we see like her full villain form, and I have to admit, this is a pretty decent design. The blue mm. skin and the white hair is a really unique touch. Uh, the kind of jumpsuit-esque outfit she has is really unique, and I have to say, uh, for a show where, again, they did the best of what they could do, I feel like this was probably one of the more creative aspects. Because it mm. felt like what they did is they had to have like a certain amount of villains. Like, okay, you gotta do this type, then this type, then this type. And they worked the best with the limitations they had. Mm, I, I can understand that. Yeah, the limit... Honestly, for a show that was made in about a week, they pretty much did a pretty good job of uh, mm -hmm. making it... Putting in all the effort they could. Like, if exactly. they're gonna half-ass exactly. it, then they might as well do a good job of it, you know? Exactly, exactly. So yeah, uh, Weathervane then sees them, and she summons cloud monsters to attack them. And the lunatics try to fight back, but find that they can't do much against them. And it's here where we get uh, one of the weaknesses of the show, in my opinion, because the show is trying to balance uh, action and Looney Tunes-type slapstick. And it's trying to juggle two things at the same time and not doing very well with either. It's not in this episode, but I will give an example. There's one episode where a boulder falls on Danger Duck and he becomes an accordion, you know, classic cartoon gag. Then, not more than, like, five seconds later, a boulder is about to fall on Ace and Lexi, and now it's a threat. It's like, well, what are you going to do? You have to pick one. Is Do they have, like, slapstick tune force humor, or are these legit dangers to them? Honestly, I chalk that bit up to Danger Duck being the comic, being quote-unquote the comic relief of the group maybe taz as well and maybe rev runner as well and maybe tech who knows but honestly yeah i i i try not to think too deeply on that yeah i Just definitely saying. can see that you know but yeah honestly this entire fight for lack of a better term if like a Zubea were there or someone who could manipulate the weather better this fight would have been over instantly. Oh, if only, if only that would have been way, way, way better. You know, if they had somebody <laughs> like her in it. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, definitely would have made it a much better show. So, yeah, uh, but in this case, uh, one of these slapsticks happens when an Ace accidentally zaps Tech E with his heat vision, and you know, again, classic cartoon gag. You know, him being set on fire and that. And mm. also, one thing that's weird, at least for me, is. Uh, Seeing Rev talk, because it's like, it's the character of the Roadrunner, okay, the Descendant, but it's still, it's him speaking, and it just feels weird. It's not as weird as, like, when they had the Pink Panther talk in the uh, Pink Panther revival, and <laughs> more on that on the episode we did on that one, but yeah. it is something that feels a little bit weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can, I can kind of see that, though, honestly... It, it, it still works. We get why it happens, since, you know, he's Super fast. He has a speedy personality. So is his family, except for one. Who, who knows? But in any case, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely say. But I will say one thing that is creative is Slam having the ability to do like the Tasmanian Devil tornado move with electricity. That's fun. Yeah, that's pretty mm -hmm. neat. I will say that, that stuff much. that you like. That stuff you want to see more of. You want to see them use like classic Looney Tunes, you know, aspects, but also rework it into, like, the super heroics part of things. Yeah, I can definitely see that. <sighs> so, yeah, 
Uh, what happens next is a weather vane then has the cloud monsters use thunder to or lightning, sorry, to try and uh, just basically uh, scare them off. But Lexi uses her telepathy. She opens up a telepathy. fire hydrant. Yeah, that, sorry, thank you, thank you. <laughs> All good. But yeah, yeah. She uses uh, her powers to open up a fire hydrant, which causes the cloud to expand. Uh, Rev then does the same thing with his super speed. Ace uses heat vision to destroy a fountain. Then Danger defeats the last cloud monster by, and this is just from uh, what I cut. What I got from this episode, he throws some kind of a lava ball inside of it, which okay, that's that's something. Okay. So yeah. But my Rain... description, I think, with Danger Duck's power, it looks like kind of like an egg, kind of like it splats a bit sometimes. When I've seen his power just, it hits an enemy and it just splats like an egg, just getting splattered on a wall, like a Looney Tune gag thing. Like you hit someone with an egg, it's gonna splat, and it looks like that with Danger Duck's ability. Mm, huh. I, I never see. thought of it that way, but that, that if that was intentional, that makes a lot more sense. I give him credit for that. Uh, that is a pretty good idea. So yeah, Weathervane then basically declares that they won this round, but she'll win it overall. She forces mm. the camera operator to record her, declaring that she'll destroy the city by striking them with lightning. And it's here where Tech E gets electrocuted into a cloud of dust, like the original shorts. You know, when someone would get you know hit by lightning, they turn into like cartoon ash and that, which is funny. But again, it takes away from like the action part of it because again, I know it's trying to be like comedy relief, but they're trying to be comedy relief and a serious superhero team. Again, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I feel like the biggest problem is the show did not know what tone they wanted to pick with it. Mm, I can see why. Yeah. For the most part. But the tone's yeah. fine. But one thing that uh, I, I do like the idea that Weathervane is still so uh, stuck about Misty Breeze upstaging her. That that is a fun little dynamic. It's a shame we don't get to see more of it. In fact, for a lot of it, Misty Breeze is actually out of the picture for a lot of the episodes, so kind of a missed opportunity there. But she basically uh, blows the lunatics away on a windstorm. Uh, Ace swings in a lamppost, slams Smash into a building, and Ace attempts to teleport himself, but he gets stuck inside a television, which, again, that's a slapstick gag that I like, because it is one that is conceivable, and it fits within the thing, and it's funny, you know? Uh, like I said earlier, you know, every third or fourth joke, they, they do land. Yeah. Especially, there's especially this moment where, uh, freaking, uh, wait, is this, uh, but wait, are we about to get to that? This train moment? Um, almost, almost, yeah. We're just about there, I think. But yeah, what happens is, uh, Ace gets Lexi, Tech, and the, and a Rev out of the windstorm, and Slam uses his tornado to counteract the one Weathervane did. I, and I like that he is spins so fast that he ends up destroying the tornado. And yeah, it's here where basically Weathervane decides to unleash all the powers of her elements at once. Lightning starts to destroy buildings and a monorail track while the city starts to flood. And mm. the lunatics basically use all their combined powers to save the monorail from falling to the ocean. Sadly, we did not get confirmation if it was Homer Simpson that was driving the monorail. <laughs> donuts. Is there anything they can't do? Not uh, stop a bullet train, apparently. This is, uh, if only they had. Yeah, I guess they sh I guess uh, Acme Tropolis got scammed by Lyle Landley. Oh my goodness, Lyle! Oh no. Yeah. Oh, so basically, uh, yeah. Asa opens the doors, much of the cheers of the monorail passengers, and it's here that uh, uh, Anne Grom mentioned this earlier, yeah, but uh, an old woman says, oh, I knew his great-great-grandfather, which is like, okay, that 
Th- thank you for that. This woman. Yeah, it's like she looks like Granny. Like if you see her, like how her I her bo- guess, design is exactly like Granny. Like I guess, all the way but the only is she an immortal entity or something? The, the one thing like, though is that Granny does show up in the show, and and it's not this lady. So it's like I don't know what they were going for with this. And it, she's it's also like, voiced by June Foray as well, the same person who voices her. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Not in this. Uh, not in this one. No, no, no. But uh, yeah, I, th- I do think uh, June Foray did reprise her role uh, for this. One, one of the, the longest roles I think she ever did, by the way, because she started that in the 30s and she did it her whole life. So God bless her for that. Absolute legend. But basically, uh, getting back to the episode, sorry about the little tangent. The lunatics all decide to confront uh, Weather Vane on the roof and they surround her. And by the time they get there, uh, uh, Weather Vane has disappeared and her cameraman tells them that she just uh, flew away. Ace has all the other lunatics evacuate the area, except for Danger Duck, because he's busy chasing down Weathervane. Which, again, this is the moment where I feel Danger Duck is the one character they got perfectly right, like with Daffy Duck. Because mm. he's chasing Weathervane, not because she almost destroyed the city and endangered like millions of lives. No, he's chasing her because she insulted Misty Breeze. Doing something so petty is so in character for Daffy Duck. I mean, that is something that is like, you know, absolute perfection kind of deal. Yeah, it honestly feels like it honestly feels like something Cartman would do for more or yeah, less. Um, yeah, but it's also something like, yeah, yeah, that would be a lot more violent, though, than uh, oh, hell Daffy yeah. or Danger Duck. Man's yeah. best friend reminds us of that yeah. little fact. Oh, God, yes, yes. But yeah, Danger then catches up to Weathervane. He tells her off. He demands her to apologize. Weathervane keeps getting angrier. She knocks Danger out into the ocean. I like how uh, he gets out of it and just quickly interrupts her big villain monologue in a moment that is just perfect because, again, it really feels in character for Danger, you know, in this case, Daffy Duck, to, to just do that, to not give anything, to, to not even, you know, care what the villain has to say. He just wants everything done and over with. Yeah, he just, like, he just stands up for... A role model who is a pain in the butt, but the way he's like, uh, excuse me, I'm talking, you had your chance right now, Missy. This is my time to stand up for what I think it's right, even though the person that he looked up to is a total pain in the butt and rude. I can see why exactly. the main villain is getting ticked off by it, so I can see her. Oh, hell yeah. She's yeah, not exactly. She herself is kind of in the wrong, but yeah, Daffy yeah. is a little. Yeah. yeah, no. But now we get to the moment why we're covering this episode in the podcast because Weathervane is just so completely infuriated by this point that she transforms into a dragoness. And I will say, the dragoness design is a pretty good one. She has the mm-hmm. deep black mm-hmm. scales and the glowing red eyes, which are a really uh, standard design, but it's a pretty good looking one. But it's here that we get some really unique aspects that I've never seen any other dragoness in any other media really do. Instead of breathing fire, she breathes lightning, which is something Not that... Not just lightning, either. Weather. That, and weather weather in general, she breathes like windstorms. That It is something that is so creative. It's like the one way yeah. that you they took you know the fact that she can control the weather, and they put it with her dragonist form, and they did it really, really well. That, that is one thing I will give them all the credit for, that they definitely saw something unique with it, rather than just have her be like a generic you know monster dragon, even though she kinda is later on, but we'll get to that. This is th- this moment, though, is a really good one. 
And the fact that she flies by turning her back half into a giant cloud, that too is something that I have never seen done before. And again, really, really creative. You know, I feel like yeah. whoever thought up of this really decided to uh, to go the extra step. Yeah. Give her a freaking raise. Give them a freaking raise for doing this. So I'll yeah, also yeah. say that the head reminds me of both that dark dragon from uh, freaking uh, Danny Phantom and Crate a little bit. Huh, mm. I can kind of see that. I really can kind of see that. Same. So yeah, yeah. The, her, the dragon form looks, sorry for interrupting, it looks like it's like a half a wyvern. Like, her arms are just basically the wingspan, and you don't see the rest of the body because it's how it is. But I like how it looks, that her rest of yeah. her form is a wyvern. Oh, definitely, definitely. It is something that looks really, really good. And just one thing that is kind of a shame, she's laughing once she transforms, but in her dragonous form, she does not talk. She only roars. So kind of a missed opportunity there. They could have had her, like, you know, give villain monologues or something like that. But I guess what they wanted to kind of, uh, you know, wrap things up in a way, even though this is pretty early in the episode compared to a lot of uh, dragonous transformations. Because this is like, uh, I think, uh, in the last quarter of the episode rather than the last, like, two minutes. So mm. what happens is uh, she heads back to Acmetropolis and she uses her lightning breath to uh, destroy all kinds of structures. Tex saves the crowd from having a radio tower crash on them. And basically they have to find a way to destroy her. And because she's basically a cloud weather dragoness, they have to find the hottest place in Acmetropolis that could evaporate her. And I like how they decide to use danger as bait to draw a weather vane. The uh, <laughs> lunatics end up landing on a nearby tropical island while Rev pulls Danger along and Danger looks like he's water skiing, which again, a really, really funny little gag right there. And yeah. He just and I like how he's just continuously taunting Weathervane how much how much better Misty is than her, which again feels like something classic Daffy would do. Like he just keeps egging her on in that. But it turns out that uh, Weathervane, uh, one of her many uh, weather powers, is that she could breathe uh, hail because uh, she shoots ice balls at him. And it's here we get probably what I thought was the funniest moment in the entire episode because uh, the lunatics decide to use Slam to throw a bomb into the volcano, but Slam just <laughs> hits the button as soon as he gets it, which starts the detonation immediately. And to, in order to try to help, uh, it, he just rips the knob off the uh, bomb. Which, again, is something that, I guess, the timing on this gag is so well done, you know? It really shows that, you know, they really were trying their best with this. You know, I will always give them credit for that. Mm. So basically, uh, Slam has to go up to the volcano to detonate it anyway. And Slam uh, tosses the bomb into the volcano just as Weathervane and Danger makes it up there. Danger, of course, is the power of teleportation, and we see Weathervane blown up in the explosion, although perhaps she is not, as we'll find out in a second. And the lunatics make it out there just uh, just in the nick of time. Tech laments that his portable lab was destroyed, and Ace basically <laughs> snarks at, oh, you need to get out more. It, it doesn't feel really earned compared to, like, uh, because I guess m maybe it's more expanded on, but this is, like, the fifth episode, but they don't feel like they have any kind of camaraderie, basically, for a superhero team. Yeah. They just feel mm. like they all like they all have uh, individual personalities, but they don't feel like they work together in the way. I mean, mm. if my memory collect reminds me that they all live in this big, huge tower in their headquarters, they have their own separate rooms and stuff. They 
they kind of have character like balance, but sometimes it's just like like the Teen Titans. They have this uh, their tower, and these got the Looney Ticks have their place, and they all have to like you know get used to living with each other. Like Duck, uh, Danger Duck's big inflated ego, Tech's uh, smart uh, uh, smartness, and everyone else is just like, okay, we need to like to relax, and you know you gotta work with it, no matter how much one person or another is annoying as heck. So. It's they don't show it. I agree they don't show it much, but I'm like, yeah, Tech needs to get like get a life or something. Not worry yeah. about his beautiful portable lab. Like, dude, you need to get out more. <laughs> I would see why Ace would be like would say that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely I can see that. I can see that. But it's here we get another interesting moment because the contact is uh, Devia, who she claims that although Weathervane's dragonist form has been destroyed, <laughs> she is still alive. But it was Weathervane as the dragoness. It wasn't like she summoned a dragon or anything like that to chase them. It was her transforming into the dragon. The transformation sequence sadly was not really on screen for that long. It was covered up by some kind of a fog. But the indication that it was her as the dragoness. So I don't know what they were getting at with it. I don't know if she ever showed up in the show again or not. Or like if she was meant to be a reoccurring villain. Or if she like lost her dragoness transformation powers with it, is that what they were implying? But some of that feels very interesting because normally, like if a villain was dead in like one of these shows, they'd either be dead or they'd come back in an episode with some convoluted way of them getting out of their situation. But in they'd, this uh, case, except for Ink, which yeah, 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 rest in peace. But yeah, <laughs> uh, just. But yeah, uh, this case, though, it's like they were setting her up for something, and I don't know if they ever really delivered on it. But yeah, uh, the episode itself has a pretty funny ending. Uh, Misty begins her weather report, and Danger basically interrupts, and he fawns over her, basically asking her to sign all kinds of weird and crazy merchandise, which, again, is really, really funny, and... I will say this, like I said, they do get every other joke right, and this is definitely one of the examples of it, because it made me smirk, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. But yeah. I'm, I don't know if uh, she ever returns again or not, but who knows? <sighs> but, yeah. yeah. I, the series ended before we could do anything with that, but... Yeah, but uh, what happened with Lunatics is it lasted for two seasons, surprisingly. I always thought this lasted like 13 episodes, but apparently it did well enough in the range to get two seasons. But mm. it didn't seem to have much of a lasting impact because aside from like uh, hard, hardcore Looney Tunes fans, it seems to have been mostly forgotten. Uh, it wasn't well received by like fans or children alike. Sam Register, who became the owner of WB basically says that it showed them what not to do with the Looney Tunes, which, on one hand, I see where he's coming from, because I think such a deviation from what made the Looney Tunes themselves really uh, hurt the show in the long run. But at the same time, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, you know? It has its quirkiness. It's unique. It like, does. Oh, yeah, it's pretty fun. unique, all things DC. considered. Yeah, it's like combining DC with um, Looney Tunes, and again, it was also working on the same schedule with other Warner Brothers shows for four kids, like Batman the Animated Series, 
Animaniacs and other things that are like that. So they had to like find a way to make it more unique in its own style. Yeah, exactly. And for exactly. the most part, for the most part, I feel it works. There are some flaws with it, but I can't say for certain that it's absolutely terrible. There are certainly worst ideas out there, but it is not that bad, all things considered. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and again, uh, I really think it's a shame because the show could have had potential. It could have been something, but it just feels like it never really lived up to it. But like, like we said, it's not the worst thing, but it's not the best thing either. It's just kind of middle of the road. It's like a, a 5 out of 10 show in general, I feel. Hmm. But now it is time for the uh, question of the week, and it is, what is your favorite Looney Tune character? And I'll mm. go first, and my op- my answer is one that, uh, it's not one of the main, main characters, but he is a really predominant one, and I just, every time he shows up, he makes me laugh my head off, is Marvin the Martian. Which nice. is another point in uh, Duck Dodgers' favor, because he was all over that show. But it's any, oh, hell yeah. any, any short he was in, every single one, just his voice makes me laugh and like the, the like the demeanor everything about it it really just works out so so well the little green like a uh, bird like martians those guys are iconic too and like uh even just the voice ew that just makes me angry very angry indeed <laughs> again yeah. it's it, it oh, just man. so funny you know it's just Duck, like duck dodgers yeah. did his voice so perfectly like oh, every God, other voice great. like i could I could wax poetics on the same voice actor who did that uh, moon that moon alien from DuckTales 2017 or freaking uh, that red dragon from the uh, from uh, Vox Machina. I, I think mm. he did that at least. But either way, man, that Duck Dodgers did did uh, freaking uh, his voice so well. I think I know. I know who you're talking about. He was the actor who did uh, Thordax in the Thordax. Box Machina. Thordax in the Box Machina. Unfortunately. Ooh, yes. Shame. Shame. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that that is a shame. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, no, Marvin the Martian is definitely my pick because again, he's just so so funny. I really just find him so hilarious. He he's definitely mm. my my number one pick. So, uh, Andrew, mm. what do you have to say? Now, this is going to be a little tough one, because a lot of you would probably think that I would go for someone like, well, okay, you all probably don't know me, so I can't say that, but in lieu of someone like, say, Lola Bunny, or even, uh, gosh, I could say uh, someone like uh, Daffy Duck, I could say someone like, oh gosh, what's a good example? I, I could say, Pe- I could say there were a few moments of Pepe Le Pew that were interesting, but otherwise, nah, I'm sorry. I personally have to say Roadrunner. Uh, now, I, I, basically, this is the, this is pretty much the Looney Tunes either progenitor to speedsters, like the Flash, Quicksilver, that sort of thing. Or it's basically their answer to characters like, well, The Flash. Because this guy is super fast, and the cartoons he's in alongside Wile E. Coyote and whatnot, they're some of the most iconic for a reason. They're not 100% my favorite. I not I don't have that much of an attach- attachment to the Looney Tunes. But, man, Roadrunner just, just hit something special, man. That and the comics made him out to be a family person, so 
that gives him extra brownie points. And also his per- also his uh, whole shtick was kept pretty dang consistent throughout the entirety of the series that he's been in from lunatics and other stuff onwards. Like he's super fast. He's super speedy. He's like, he's just a mood, man. He's like a vibe, if you will. Yeah. Uh, that is a great, great choice right there. Like I say, the, uh, it's ironic that the uh, coyote Roadrunner cartoon start as a parody of Tom and Jerry, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Chuck Jones thought they were so stupid that he decided to like take it to like the ultimate satirical end and he ended up making genius. Yeah, and honestly, I think they're a little better than Tom and Jerry, hot take, but yeah. yeah it's basically the there. Flash. For, like, I see this, and I think it's the Flash versus someone like, I don't know, Lex Luthor, or maybe freaking, uh, what's a brainy example of a Flash villain? Hmm. Uh, the, the reverse Flash? That doesn't count. <laughs> Okay. I mean, maybe, but otherwise, Lex Luthor, like it's someone super smart and relies on tech. To- okay, you know what? I think I might go with Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the Flash versus Lex Luthor, which honestly reminds me of that one Justice League episode where the Flash and uh, Lex Luthor traded bodies. And oh, like, that was a classic one. I, oh I yeah. He takes off this the thing. Now I will find out the Flash's secret identity. He takes it off. I have no idea who this is. And I and I also like uh, Lex, Flash and Lex Luthor's body, where he like exits the bathroom, and one of the villains is like, "You're not gonna wash your hands." Like, no, cause I'm that evil. Yeah, it's just <laughs> that too. <laughs> I love that episode. Yeah. Like, oh man, that yeah. that is pretty. That's honestly pretty fitting. I'm gonna go with that. Rodar and Coyote are pretty much the Flash versus Lex Luthor, and it's awesome. yeah, that works out perfectly. That works uh, out absolutely comes perfectly. full circle. Yeah. Anyways, that's yeah. my pick. That's great. Yep. So, Striker, what would you say your favorite uh, Looney Tune um, character is? Oh well. I grew up watching Looney Tunes, actually, nice. and originally it was uh, the Tasmanian Devil, actually, because, like, nice. I even had a stuffed animal uh, <laughs> nice. based on him when I was a kid. That's but, awesome. But uh, nowadays, uh, I even watched a video on on the character. Uh, nowadays, it's Wiley Coyote. Nice. Because, nice. like, me and mom, uh, me and my mom, uh, we uh, we reference uh those cartoons all the time. Oh man, my stepdad references Wiley Coyote. Wiley Coyote, super <laughs> cheap. Oh, imagine the voice actor for Peg for Maximilian Pegasus doing a Wiley Coyote reference. Oh, oh my gosh, yes. I would not put that past him. Honestly, I can see. Given how Maximilian Pegasus's deck relies around the tune archetype, that, that's more. That's that would honestly be very fitting. But I mean, like the uh, even the voice actor, just to, his personality, I would not put that past yeah. him. Oh hell yeah! Definitely, definitely, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, oh, man. my choice is Wiley Coyote because, like, I just I feel like I have a sort of personal connection to the character because, like, me and my mom, uh, joke about stuff like that all the time. Nice. Great choice, great choice, right there. Thank you. Yeah. Nice. So, Jordan, what would you have to say? 
Oh, I would personally pick Bugs Bunny because I love how sneaky and smart he would to get out of a, a sticky situation. But my personality would have to be Daffy. I just love how mischievous, and he's like, maybe I'm a greedy little bugger, but I'm a greedy little bugger. <laughs> like, he just <laughs> nice to see that. Oh, interesting fact about... Uh... Interesting fact about uh, Bugs Bunny, he and Mickey Mouse are apparently canonically buddy-buddy in spite of the whole one oh, of those yeah. be yeah, Disney yeah, rivalry. Roger Rabbit. Roger yeah. Rabbit, yep. 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 Yeah, which is yep. very surprising yep. given nowadays, yep. but yeah. Yep. Yeah, it would be because with Daffy, he just thinks of like, okay, the good thing, but also like, okay, I'm going to go further with the pranks and get what he wants, even though it's going to bite him in the beak. Oh, wait, how many times he got exploded in his beak? Oh <laughs> yeah, I also yeah. like the little. Uh, I also like the little thing that they did with the the Mortal Kombat movie, where like it's Daffy Duck just going all freaking uh, loony and whatnot, like it's <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah. And then at the end, it's just like shows Scorpion just pull, grabbing him by the neck. Get over here! I know that, that yeah. was so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, they yeah, did it sort of shaggy. reversed. Yeah. yeah, the shaggy version. Yeah. Get over here, man. I would go with Daffy, even though I don't like Danger Duck or any other version that Daffy has done. I like how in the original Daffy how he is. And I did like how it is. Even when you see his creative mischievous in the Who Frame Roger Rabbit with him and Donald Duck. Oh, Same hell thing. yeah. So my vote is going for a Daffy Duck. Is my nice. nice, nice. Yes. That, that is a great choice right there. And um, Evie, what would you have to say is your favorite uh, Looney Tunes character? I guess I don't really watch enough Looney Tunes to actually formally end up on any of them. It's all good. It's all good. Nope. Oh, and um, Math Machine, who is not here, but he wrote to me, he would like to give us what his uh, favorite Looney Tunes character is, which are, is a very interesting one. He huh? has the Dover Boys and Dan Bla- and Dan Backslide. Oh! From the Dover Boys. He says, okay. that, he says that it was a pure distillation of Chuck Jones and Sandy, and it is the single funniest Looney Tunes short out of them all that I've ever seen. Oh, that's so, I can see why it's iconic yeah, for a good reason. It is. Oh, yeah. it, is. Oh, man. it took them a long time to be iconic too. But when they did, I mean, how many memes have you seen referencing like just that one short? And it is. Oh so no! Over cool. here! Over here! <laughs> yeah, I also it. like. No one will ever know. Oh yes, that one. Uh, interesting fact about that, actually. Um, uh, apparently, before this and Draft Horse, he made a uh, freaking that mouse character. What was his name? Sniffles. Sniffles the mouse. Yes. Yeah. Oh no, Sniffles. Sniffles is like yeah. the original. Uh, like one of the original characters. He kind of uh, disappeared after uh, Bugs Bunny's introduction. He was in like the mid to late thirties and. His shorts are okay, but they're not really anywhere. Yeah, they were uh, trying to emulate the Disney style for the most part and weren't exactly, like, you know, trying to rip them off, unlike Foxy. But, yeah, I can kind of see why Sniffles... Honestly, actually, the most recent thing that Sniffles has ever been in was actually the the Donald Duck... No, not the Donald Duck. Uh, What was it? Yeah, no, the the Looney Tunes Christmas Carol movie, Bah Bah Humdum. Oh, interesting. 
Yeah, that's it. <laughs> wow. That's interesting that you even brought him back, though. But no, like I said, uh, Matt's pick for uh, the Dover Boys, that is a genius pick. That is like one I never would have thought of in a million years. But Me neither. When you, it, you really think about it, and it's like, oh, yeah, they are really that good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Now it is time for the uh, patent-pending uh, Dragonus scale, where we rank the Dragonus. And for Weathervane, it's interesting because um, I do like the design. I do like the fact that they gave her, you know, a more unique set of abilities compared to most Dragonuses with the weather breath, like her breathing lightning and wind and fire. That is such a cool touch. The fact that she flies by becoming partially a cloud is really unique. And overall, I just wish she had actually personality, though. Like she actually spoke or like she interacted with them in a way that didn't seem like she was just a monster. Yeah, more or yeah. less. Honestly, yeah. the whole thing that she got started with uh, is kind of a little convoluted as well. Yeah, Not too convoluted, it. unlike Final Fantasy VII, but yes. Yeah, it felt oh, really kind of all over the place in a way. But with that being said, I do like it enough. I feel like they had enough uniqueness with her to where I would probably give her a... Maybe it's a little higher than she deserves, but just the fact that I've never seen the idea of a weather elemental dragoness before or after this TV show, I'm going to give her a 7 out of 10. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that's going to be my pick, 7 out of 10, which might be a little more than she deserves, per se, but I'm sorry. I mean, they're just so creative with it, and if they gave her a little more character, she'd be higher, but as it stands, the design is good, and again, the uh, unique aspects are what really gives her uh, such a high score, in my opinion. Nice. So, uh, and Ron, what would you have to give her? I'm also going to give her a 7 out of 10. It's a fair assessment. She does nothing completely wrong. And honestly, the dragon transformation looks pretty cool. And again, it is a pretty unique thing. But given the show and the fact that like how it happens is a little loosey-goosey for the most part, I, I can't rank her any higher as well. So I'm also going to give her a 7 out of 10. It's all good. It's all good. So, uh, uh, striker, what do you have to say? I, I barely paid attention during this part, and <laughs> I, I understand it, it. It can be hard to sit through sometimes. I can, I can see that. Yeah, I, I don't have an opinion to be honest. Well, if you had to choose a ranking, would you also choose 7 out of 10? or? I never even saw the Dragon S form. Okay, give me a sec. I got you, buddy. I got you, buddy. It's all good. So, you want to put, like, um, not applicable, or you want to just wait a second? Yeah, give me a second. No, it's all good. It's all good. But, yeah, no, as a whole, like I said, uh, this really, uh, as this again, uh, Lunatics as a whole, to me, uh, it just seems like a show where they did the best of what they could, but it's like, I get the feeling that no one really wanted to work on it, but they tried making the best of it anyway. Indeed. I feel right. like they did, they tried a little too hard to make it, uh, <laughs> to make it like Teen Titans, like you said. But yeah, okay. um, I get what you mean. Anyway, here's the dragon. Yeah. yeah, Marvel DC. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, what I, that say, uh, I can barely see. Uh, okay, here's a better picture. Hang on. I got you, buddy. It's all good. It's all good. And uh, here you go. Here's a better picture. Okay, thank you. 
I don't have an opinion on this. I, I'm giving it like four. All right. Okay, four out of ten. All right. All good. It's all good. So, uh, Jordan, what would you have to give her? I like what I said that her form, her dragon form, is like a wyvern, and uh, there there've been a couple of weather dragons cloning oh, up yeah. Spyro, who was an ice dragon. Uh, it kind of oh, right, hits, right. but I like how it turned out. Like, yeah, she was just gonna show her rage of to the lunatic. Like, I've had enough. This game is done. Turns into a giant dragon, and you're like, oh, that's a problem. Yeah, um, I can so see I'm why. Gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna give her um, seven. Oh, nice, nice. I, I feel her because one, if you're working as a news reporter and you want to like tell this famous lady who has been on TVs and stuff like, hey, here's my opinion, you get shut down twice by the people that you're working with. I could see why her anger and rage would just be what it is. Like I'd be that too. If I get thrown off like that, I'm gonna be turned to a turn and turn to a dragon and attack the city <laughs> to be like, hey, oh, this is my point here. Yeah, Man, imagine so, yeah. if that was an actuality. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, that would make things a lot more interesting with the local news. Let's do it that way. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I'm yeah. giving her seven, maybe a little bit, of, like maybe a seven and a half. All right, uh, gotcha. Uh, right off to seven, it's all good. So, um, Evie, what would you have to give her? I'd say seven. She looks nice, and she kind of looks like Malefic- Maleficent. All right, uh, I could see a little bit of Maleficent, but I feel like. Uh, I know. I I just feel it's uh, absolutely the, the purple. Yeah, probably that is the purple darkest scales that really make you think of it. And uh, Math Machine has also given me uh, his ranking for uh, for Weatherbane. He says that he ranks her a six out of ten. He says that uh, good design, well animated, but there was barely any personality with the person before she became a dragon to begin with, and after there was nothing but giant monster. That is uh, verbatim what he wrote to me to put down, so I will do that. I can kind of see his point there, especially with that uh, weather vane as the dragonist doesn't really have a lot of uh, things to say or to do, really. But I still think, again, they did enough uh, unique stuff with her that she deserves a pretty decent score altogether. Mm. So that about wraps it up for this week. If you have any questions or if you want to talk about what other attempts you do to update the Looney Tunes, Feel free to email us at fierydiscourse at outlook.com or visit us on Twitter at twitter.com slash fierydiscourse. Next time, we'll be talking about a different kind of a car- classic cartoon animated dragoness because we'll be discussing the 1966 Gumby short, Dragon Daffy. Oh, Not Daffy I'm Duck, sadly, but it's going to be a fun oh. one regardless. Oh, because yeah? If, if you haven't seen anything with Gumby... It it goes places. Gumby goes to a lot of weird places. Maybe not in this short in specifics, but in general, it's just going to be so much fun to talk about, especially yeah, a lot of the weird things Gumby has done. I'm guessing oh, it's not as bad an acid trip as Felix the Cat. No, no honestly, it, it Felix places. the Cat. Oh man, it goes places too. It does oh, yeah. go places. Like, though. I there's will a say lot that. of shows that go places. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, yeah, man. that's going to be it for this week. And until then, thank you guys so much for listening and take care. Laters. Later. Adios.